Welcome to Heal. Today on Heal, I have the incredible privilege to talk with my friend Philip Aronoff and share his journey of losing 106 pounds. No gimmicks, no weight loss plans, nothing but transformation of self, grit, and perseverance. Philip shares his passion for his own health and the health of others and is committed to impact people's lives and mental health. Having lost the weight, he's now created a new challenge for himself that will also contribute to BCC Evolution, a mental health and suicide awareness nonprofit. He's taking on the 29,029 Everesting Challenge, hiking the full height of Mount Everest in 36 hours or less in the Wasatch Mountains of Utah. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Marshall. Okay, Philip, we're at it. This is so awesome. And thank you so much for being on Heal and accepting my invitation to be here. Happy to be here. Great to see you. As we said, you know, it's been it's been a long time. So it's it's great to be here. Yeah, you and I met in Denver in like the 2013, 14, 15 time period. And yeah. both of us were growing our businesses. We we're part of a networking group and just a whole, it feels like a whole different lifetime from now. Totally different lifetime from <laughs> now, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you've had quite the last year and a half of your life. So what, how we're here is I started seeing your social media posts about the transformation in your health and your body and your life. And I reached out to you and was like, would you share your story on heal? And you said, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. I've, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm posting on social media in the hopes that I can inspire other people. Uh, that's you know, people may look at it and go, well, wow, he's just bragging. And, and and I'm really not. It's not that's not what it's about. It's really letting people know that you can do this. You can do it on your own. You don't have to go spend a ton of money on diets and all of this other stuff. And that's really what I'm, I, I just figure if I can inspire one person, I've done something good. So, yeah, that's that's what the social media stuff's been about. Yeah. And that comes through the way that you say it, the way that you use your language, how you communicate about it. I mean, it it does for me, it comes through for sure. And yeah. And I'd love the opportunity here to get more, more into that. Like what heal is about is really highlighting that it is possible to heal and what it takes to heal and what does healing look like. And for so many people, they are dealing with challenges around their weight. And it's tied to a lot of things. Now, I'm really grateful that in the medical community, we finally have stopped just assuming just because, well, not not all doctors, unfortunately, but generally that just because somebody's overweight, that equals they're unhealthy in this way and that the weight is somehow the magic answer to all their health issues. That is actually not true. You can have people with very balanced endocrine systems, people who are not diabetic, like, like there, it can impact us in different ways, but also- for many people, it is a huge part of their, I was just talking to someone recently who said, you know, I look at myself in the mirror and I don't see myself. It's not who I know myself to be. And that disconnect from who we are at the spirit level, at the heart level, like that is a big deal. So I would love for you to share with us, what have you been doing the last year and a half of your life? How did this even happen? How did it start? Uh, it started with a conversation with my 28-year-old daughter when I decided to move to Southern California. And, you know, she said, Dad, look, I love you. I understand why you got to do this. I really do. And I don't have a problem with it. She said, but look, 
you know, you're going to go and you got to take care of other people, but you, you, you don't do a good job of taking care of yourself. So how are you going to take care of somebody else when you're not taking care of yourself? And, you know, at that time I was 280 some odd pounds. I was diagnosed pre-diabetic. I was dealing with anxiety and depression issues, taking medication for that. There was a lot going on that was not good for me. And so that conversation kind of rang in my head and I kind of replayed it the whole drive from Colorado to California and decided I knew when I got here, this was my opportunity to, to make a change. You know, I was going to be able to live with my parents and help them. That's why I came. Part of the arrangement was, is didn't have to pay rent and was not going to have to pay for food. So I was going to be able to go out and get the foods that I needed because they were fine with me eating, help, you know, understanding that I wanted to change. And so the, the opportunity just presented itself in order for me to do certain things that maybe I wouldn't have done in Colorado. And so that's kind of what I did in after being here about a month and not really changing my diet too much. I was still not feeling 100 percent, was very sluggish. And I said, OK, that's it. It's got to change. It's got to change now. And I just changed what I was eating. I got rid of like all the bread and all of the stuff that is just, in my opinion, so bad for your gut or it was bad for my gut. Let's just put it that way. It just was bad. And I started to exercise. I started to move. And I just started with walking. That's all I did. I got to a point where I was able to walk two to three miles a day just around my parents' neighborhood. You know, there was... I did the same route. I eventually developed this whole route that I would do every day. It was, and it was the same thing. And I got into a really good routine as far as diet and what I was doing. And it just, and as I started walking, the weight started to come off. So by the time if you roll forward to November of last year, I had already lost like 50 pounds. I was down 10, I was losing about an average of 10 pounds a month. And I was down 50 pounds and you could see at that point, then you could see the physical change. And I was in, incorporating some running in along with the walking. I was kind of challenging myself. And the funny thing is, is I tell people this when I tell the story is that, you know, I never spent any money on a diet program or anything. You know what I spent my money on? Mm. Really good shoes. Nice. Yeah. Like good running. I, I never spent $150 on a pair of shoe, tennis shoes in my whole life ever. Yeah. Because I never thought there was a need until I started to go walk and I started to develop blisters on my feet and my feet would hurt. And so I went to a running shoe store and I took a big gulp, a big deep breath and spent $150 on a pair of running shoes. Yeah. And, and that made all the difference in the world as far as my how my feet felt. And so when my daughters came to visit in November, my older daughter, who is does CrossFit and very fit and athletic and always has been, we went out and we did intermittent running, walking for the time mm. that she was here. And, you know, I was able to do that with her and keep up with her, and which was great. That was awesome and amazing and so much fun. And then, you know, I just kept going. And then at the end of 2021... I made this grandioso statement. I'm going to do a 5K once a month, every month in 2022. Never had run. I couldn't run a mile when I was in high school. Yeah. And now I'm talking about going and doing 3.1 miles, not just a mile, but 3.1 miles. 
And so I remember I signed up for my first one in March of 2022. And I went out and the goal for me was very simple goal. I just wanted to run the whole thing. I didn't want to walk. All I wanted to do was run. I don't, I didn't care how long it took me. Yep. I just wanted to run. And so that's what I did. And I ran the whole thing. Now it did turned out to only be about 2.7 miles. Of course was short, but I ran the whole 2.7 miles. I did it like in 27 minutes. You know, I'm, I'm out there running the first part and I have a, I have an Apple watch and I'm looking at my watch because I, I have it and just to see where my times are. And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, that's a whole lot faster than I ever thought I would be able to run it. And so it was like, okay, for some reason, I just got the bug, right? And now I've run seven, seven, five Ks in 2022. I'm going to do my eighth one this Saturday. And I'm going to try and incorporate a month where I do two in a month so that I can get to 12 in 2022. Awesome. And so, and the other thing too, is when I moved back to California, my parents are older and their health isn't great. And so I love my parents, but I kind of thought, okay, I'm looking at my future if I don't take care of my present. Yeah. And I don't want that future. I don't want that future for my kids to have to deal with. Yeah. And, and I know we don't know what the future holds. I get, I, I understand that. I get it. But I do have some control of what is going to happen. And I just felt it was time to take, take control. And kind of take my life back and put it in a totally different direction and go and do things. You know, the running the 5Ks is something I would never would have done at 282 pounds. I just, I I never would have done it. And so I just started, I just did it. And, you know, today sitting here talking to you now, I'm down 106 pounds. And the, the thing with that is, is yeah, you know, you look in the mirror And yeah, you see this difference for sure. But I have to say the things that were, the things that really were different for me is that obviously I had to go buy all new clothes. I mean, everything I brought with me from Colorado left, gone. It's all gone, all of it. I don't have anything left. The only thing I have left is my first Avalanche jersey that I bought. That's the only thing I have. But for Father's Day, my kids bought me a new one that's a little bit smaller. That will fit a little bit better. So that was kind of fun. But what I came to some realizations that when I walk into a mall now, I can go shop anywhere. Yeah. I couldn't do that before. I remember going shopping and picking up a, a shirt. So just to give people perspective, when I first started, I was wearing a 3XL shirt. And now I can wear a medium shirt. I was wearing a size 48 pants and now I wear a size 34. Just to give people perspective on what that is. But when I first did this, I, I went to, I remember going to Costco to look for some shirts. And I remember picking up a large golf shirt and looking at it and going, I don't know if that's gonna fit, right? Because the brain, and you can speak to this, the brain tells you one thing because it it's still thinking overweight. Yep. And, you know, so I'm sitting in Costco and I said, well, I need to put this on because I got to see. And I already had like a, a workout shirt on. 
So I put it on over the workout shirt and it fit. Right. So I had to stop telling myself those kinds of stories and those kinds of things because that wasn't true anymore. And now, and now today it's, it's, uh, you know, I work out, I go to the gym every day. I remember when I was doing this, I had, I had a, a streak going of like 170 consecutive days where I didn't miss a day at the gym. Yeah. Um, now I've missed some time. I got sick, you know, things happen, but I go every day. I, I, I don't have to, I don't have to take my anxiety and depression medication anymore. Whatever I deal with when it comes to that, I deal with it when I go to the gym for two hours. And, and look, it, the anxiety doesn't go away. It hasn't like gone away. There are days where I can feel anxious, but I get through it and I get to the gym and I'm fine. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I just like, when I go to the gym now, it's like, I run on the treadmill. I, I, I usually run a 5k every day when I'm at the gym on, on the treadmill. You know, and that like, used to be the, like, I don't even think I could do it once. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah right. And yeah. so and I remember not yesterday, but the day before I was at the gym and I, I did four and a half miles a couple of days ago and I, I'm on the treadmill and I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, I could just keep going. Like I could run another hour and I, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. I, I just felt that, that feeling of feeling so strong. Yeah. I, I've never felt some of this stuff before. So it's, it's, it's new. And sometimes if you, it, it, I catch myself just being on the treadmill and smiling. Like I'm thinking people are looking at me like I'm some kind of crazy man on a treadmill smiling, but I, I do because I just feel so good while I'm doing it. Yeah. So. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing. And it's, it is truly inspiring and it's really awesome to your joy is palpable like literally right here through the radio waves. It's totally palpable. Also, I got questions. Because <laughs> sure, it's sure. like, you know, you said I just started and then I just did it. And there's a little bit of like, well, I just did it. No big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. And I'm guessing that there were challenge points some hurdles along the way, some WTF, what am I doing this for? I don't know, like whatever that was for you. And that is some of what I want to highlight because I don't, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have been at work on the conversation of losing weight and changing their body image. And there's all sorts of things I, you know, work with my clients around their relationship to food and their relationship to physical exertion and like, you know, and the other big one that comes up is time. Now I have an opinion about that, which is like, we have 24 hours in a day. You can give a couple hours a day to your health and well-being. that like so many people, that's one of the biggest things they fight against is I should be able to do this without having to put in the time. And when I listen to you, I got to think somewhere in there, there was a willingness to invest the time, but you can tell me more about that. So I want to hear some of that, like what did that look? I mean, the other thing actually I want to say that, and then then we're going to have to talk about all these things is I'm in a business course. Actually, there's a business course that I've been taking and been a part of this community for the last couple of years. And on our first weekend of our first conference, they talked about in biology, what 
it takes to evolve, how organisms evolve. And there are three factors, which is the environment that they're in, time, and repetition. And I heard all of those in your story, particularly this opportunity that moving from Colorado to California created. And it's easy to be like, yeah, the weather and like, you know, and for sure, the confront of living with your parents, being there to take care of them and having a bit of a like, okay, Philip, I got to sit myself down and say like, this is the future that I'm staring at. What do I want to do about it? There's also something, and maybe you identified this, I suspect the people in Colorado knew you in a particular way. They related to you in a particular way. Your routines were all built around a particular life. And since you were going to change all of those anyways, it created the opportunity to blow a whole bunch of stuff up. I know I've moved a lot in my lifetime. And each time I move, it is an opportunity for me to like clean slate. Who do I want to be now? What do I want to create myself as now each time? Can you speak to that? What that was like for you? Yeah. So, and you were right in some of the things that you said, you know, I knew, you know, I was this certain person in Colorado and I lived a certain way and, you know, but I knew when I came to California, I got a chance, I get it. I was definitely going to change, change a lot of that. And yes, the weather is nice here and yes, but I still had to put, I have working out in my calendar every day. It's in my schedule. It's just part of it. Now, Look, I'm self-employed. I'm an entrepreneur just like yourself. So is it a little bit easier for me? Okay, yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. But I still think, like you said, where there's 24 hours in a day. Yes, I do it at 2.30 every day. That's when I do it. But there, you can do it whenever. So that was the first thing. I put it in my schedule. It was part of my day. My parents understood they knew this is when I was going to go to the gym and not be here. And, and so they were good with it. Obviously, as they saw the changes happening, they they were very encouraging, very supportive. You know, Philip needs to get to the gym every day. So that was great. And there were challenges for sure. You know, there were challenges where maybe my, my parents were sick and not feeling well. And that was a challenge of of having to be around. I got sick a couple times while I was here. I got COVID like within a month of moving here. So that kind of put a little damp in the whole thing. Some of my old habits when it comes to food and the relationships with food, those haven't, those just don't like disappear. <laughs> I mean, they don't just like, oh, this whole new person and we're going to, those, those don't no go No problem. Away. Yeah. You know, those don't, you know, those don't go away. You know, I'm, I'm, I just turned 58 years old in, in August. I'm single, so there's trying to date, you know, and all the shit that that brings up. <laughs> totally. Right? And and so, you know, those are some of the some of the things that I had to deal with and had to look in the mirror and, and, and understand, you know, because a lot of people that I meet now, they don't know my story. They know me. They, they look at me. They see you. Yeah. They see me. You know, I had a conversation with someone at the gym and I t was telling him my story. And he said, you know, a lot, he said to me, a lot of times when you look at people and they lose a lot of weight, you can tell. He said, I'm looking at you and thinking there was no way you were ever 282 pounds. Now, I'm, I, I guess maybe I'm truly blessed because I don't have a lot of skin that hangs and whatever, or I'm able to hide a certain portion of that and things like that. But 
Yeah, I know a lot of the my relationships with food have not gone away. I just try and deal with them differently. I'm a little bit more accepting of myself. Are there times where I will go out and eat a meal that is just something that I really want that may not be the most healthy, but it's okay because it's one meal. It's not like I'm going to eat one meal and gain 100 pounds back in one meal. And those are the things that you really have to, that I've had to understand it and be okay with and but yeah you know my issues with food have not just gone away because i've lost a hundred and some odd pounds they're still there they're still mm -hmm. having to be dealt with i've just found other ways to deal with them healthier ways to deal with and Can you give us some examples like like first of all what did you create you said you stopped eating bread can you just share like how do you eat like what did you create for yourself so what so so what i do is i do intermittent fasting okay that's what i do so for, so today, you know, I was up earlier than normal. I was up at like 4.30 this morning because I needed to be on with you at six o'clock. So normally my normal day is I, I will have a, a cup of coffee or a couple cups of coffee in the morning. I don't eat breakfast, breakfast to, or lunch, whatever you want to call it. I make breakfast till about like 11 o'clock in the day, right? I, I eat that, but I eat a good breakfast. I have, I make myself an all, I love to cook. So this is really, mm. I love to cook. So that's uh, helpful. I, I've, I've learned how to cook foods. Here's one thing I do know. One thing that I decided I was never going to eat anything that said no sugar or, or low sugar, low fat. I eat every I eat full fat butter. I eat eggs. I eat cheese. I, I, I don't mess around with stuff that has chemicals in it. Yep. OK, I just I don't because I, I, I joke with my mom. Right. Have you ever heard of a 2% cow that makes 2% milk? It, does, <laughs> it just, it doesn't exist. Yeah. Right. So how do they get it there? They get it there with chemicals. It's, yeah. so, it's so actually I, a gnarly process where all milk is either whole milk or skim milk. And right. then when they make 2%, they take the fat and they put it back into the milk. But do you, have you ever tried to add fat to water? Like you, it doesn't mix. So then they have to go through this emulsification process and they use high temperature and they use high pressure in order to emulsify it back into the milk. And when you apply temperature and pressure to a fat, it goes rancid. So it's a mess. Yes. So, so that was the one thing I knew. Yeah. I was, I, I eat full fat salad dressing. Okay. So, so I have my breakfast. I have an omelet. I have a piece of fruit. I have my coffee. That's at 11 o'clock. Sometimes I'll eat something before I go to the gym. Sometimes I don't. And then I eat dinner around seven o'clock or seven thirty, and then I don't eat again till the following day. And I started that process, and it took it took a little bit of getting used to. But that's what, and I've been doing that now for the last year. Yep. And that has worked for me. Yep. What are some of the challenges you've had around that schedule in particular? Some of the challenges are sometimes I need to go to the gym earlier, so there's a challenge there where. Maybe I have to eat a little bit earlier or maybe I'm going somewhere for dinner and it's earlier than normal. You know, in reality, I look at it, Sarah, and I say, there are, it, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I know that's easy to say, but it, it, in reality, it just, it, it, I, I try not to stress over those things anymore because the, it's, there's a lot of things that are just not in my control mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't. If I need to eat a meal earlier, I just do it. I did it yesterday. I had to go work out earlier. So I ate, I ate my breakfast a little bit earlier and I just made it work. Yeah. So there are challenges, you know, sometimes mom and dad aren't feeling well or, or 
I got to take mom to a doctor's appointment or I got to do something. And so maybe I got to work out a little bit later, whatever the case may be. I try and just deal with the challenges. I try not to let it get to me too much. Sometimes it does. Uh, I think when that happens, I really try and do self-care and say, okay, I think it was Sunday. I was just wasn't in a good place on Sunday. I was frustrated about certain things going on with taking care of my parents. And so I went into my parents and said, look, I'm going to get your dinners and things ready. And then I'm going into my little guest house that I have where I'm sitting right now. And I need a break. So I'm done for the day. I'm taking the rest of the night off. And that's, that's just what I did. And it was just a mental thing for me. It was a mental break. It was, yeah. it, it was, was just what I needed to do. And so I try and practice some self-care when I need it, when I feel like I really need it. Yeah. And, and that's what I do. Clear. So, yeah. Has anything come up for you? For some people, what can be hard is feeling like they're preparing certain foods for their kids or their partners, and then also trying to eat different than that. And there's like a temptation and a challenge of like, so I imagine like your parents may not be eating the same as you. So how has that been for you? Well, fortunately they do, they do eat what I cook because they really do need to, to do that. So uh, sometimes they don't, sometimes they will go and get stuff from somewhere else. Yeah. But they have given me the ability to go and get the food that I need and prepare it. And so most of the stuff that I prepare, I can eat. Right. I, I mean, like, my parents don't, don't and really can't have salt. So I have learned how to cook without it. Mm -hmm. Completely. I don't use it very rarely, if at all. So yeah, I've been lucky in that respect that yep. they they'll eat what I cook. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've learned I've learned that an air fry oven is a pretty cool gadget and can do things a lot faster than a regular normal oven. So I use the air fry oven that we have to do certain things to speed up the cooking process and things like that. But here's the one thing I will really say is there are things that I eat still today that I really enjoy that I didn't have to give up. See, because I think sometimes, Sarah, and you know this, people think they got to give up everything yeah. to do this. And you don't have to. You really don't. I mean, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I love salad dressing on my salad. I use a lot when I have my salad. Okay, I do. Because that is one of my guilty pleasures. But what I've realized is I can do that because really, what am I doing? It's fat. It's, it's, and it's, it's there's fat. You, you got to have fat in your diet. Yeah. And so that is, that's what I do. Yeah. Right. And, and the funny thing is, is that when I started doing, I eat a salad every night and I'm talking a big salad every night. And if, if there's a night where I don't have it, I miss it. It is really funny how the body has said, while we really enjoy that, we really hate when you don't don't do that. I think that's a a, a a a a misnomer when you're trying to lose weight and do stuff that you have to cut out everything that you love, and I don't think that's the case. Nope. And actually, that's where I put a big emphasis on. You know, my whole platform is about adding health. How do we add health? What does it look like to add health? And put the focus on what you're doing, what you're eating, what you're adding, what you're building, what you're putting in. And take the attention off of what you're not doing, what you're avoiding, like that. 
And, you know, I've said it a ton of times on this podcast, but one of my favorite games to play with my clients is I challenge them to eat three to four ounces of protein at every meal, six cups of vegetables a day and drink a gallon of water. And then I tell them they can eat anything else they want. But when you've actually done that on a regular basis, it's hard to fit anything else in actually, because it's so nutrient dense and, you know, and, and that, and I don't like, I love that the whole 30 program exists. I'm friends with the people who created it. I think it's awesome what it creates for people, but the premise of the whole 30 is a hundred percent sugar-free, like not in processed meats, not in salad dressings, not in teriyaki sauce, not in anything. And I think it's a great exercise to challenge yourself and to actually pay attention to what you're really putting in your body. That's what is so illuminating about it. And it's very structured and it's very strict. And it's based on you do this 100% every day. And if one day you don't do it 100%, you start the clock over again. So it plays in the game of 100% integrity. There's another program out there. I And I'm not, I get no kickbacks on any of these conversations, but there's another program out there, 75 hard that a lot of people have been doing where it's two exercises, you know, two workouts a day. You pick a diet plan and you stick to it. You read 10 pages of a book. You drink a gallon of water. I think there's some like meditation or self-reflection built into it. It's a really rad idea. And the game is 100% integrity. You do it exactly correct. And if you don't, you start the clock over. Those are great challenges. They push us up against some edges. They're good for mental toughness and to bust through some of our places where for some people, there keeps being excuses that actually end up being self-sabotage. It's not a way to live. And even the people who I know who've created these, they're like, no, no, it's not. This isn't like my everyday life, right? And in that sense, I've never had my clients get to the point of zero sugar in every single dressing, zero sugar in every single sauce. Like if you're actually putting unprocessed meats and vegetables in your body on a regular basis or fish or whatever it is that works for you. And like, it's so interesting. I mean, we were just talking to someone about (laughs) anything you commit to can work and nothing works all the time, 100%. And and it's so like, we want the answer. We want the answer, right? And and what one of my coaches used to say is, well, if I give you my answers, you're going to end up a five foot six Jewish man from New York. So like, you got to find your, which I know frustrates the heck out of a lot of my clients in that process. And each of us come up against different places where the, the, the main part, you know, I'm fully aware that I use comfort food in my life. I'm crystal clear. And, and, and I'm 16 years into my journey of my, you know, transforming my relationship to food. And I come from a family where there was a lot of challenges with our relationship to food. And actually at this day and age, I'm pretty sure we all, I don't know that anybody escapes, at least in the Western world, the, the having emotions and emotional eating and disordered eating is all collapsed. It's basically the way that our culture is. And I still go through periods of time where I absolutely could be more strict about what I put in my diet, hands down, crystal clear I could be. But I'm at this place of like, what is that actually serving? Right. No, I, I, yeah, no, totally agree. And, and yeah, I mean, I still, there's still, like I said, there, the, the, the relationship with food that I've had, it doesn't just go away. I mean, it just doesn't. It's still there. I mean, it's, you're talking about 16 years into a journey. I'm a year into the journey and and it and it's still it's there's still things there so but 
I've just found ways to to make to 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 figure it out. And I've also again, you know, that self-love thing where, okay, you go out and you 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 do something or an old habit or whatever, but you know, it's it's a one and done old habit. It it happens once and it's done and you know, you move on. It's not like this consistent thing that happens for the next 20 days, you know? So I think that's that's a big change for me where you know, if, if I, if an old habit does come up, it's, it happens, it, it just happens one time and then, you know, I move on and it's over and I, I don't beat myself up over it. I don't do any of the things that maybe I used to do and then continue the, the, the process. So there's just things that I, that I cut out of my diet. Like I said, I don't eat, I don't eat very much bread. It's not that I don't eat bread. I just don't eat it every day. Not even, there are weeks, I'll go weeks where I don't eat it. And then you know, either I'll go out somewhere or I'll do something and I'll have something because it just looks good and I want, I want to have it, <laughs> you know, that, that, that kind of thing. So, you know, and, and, and if, there's even food, there's even things that I cook that are maybe not like I would, I was in Colorado in August for my birthday with my kids and celebrating and, and spending time with them. And there's foods that they really like that I cook. And most of them are really good and healthy and whatever. But I made, I made, a, I actually cooked a meal for my birthday <laughs> uh-huh. uh, for my kids. And you know, some of it wasn't probably the healthiest of stuff, but you know, it was fun and it was fine and it was great. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think, I think we have to give ourselves just a little bit of grace, just yeah. a little bit of grace and not be so hard on ourselves. And if I've learned anything, that's something I really learned just, just to give myself a little bit of grace. I'm never going to do this perfect. I'm just not. I'm never going to do it perfect. Uh, and I'm not trying to do it perfect. I'm just trying to do it the best I can every day. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say, like, has your relationship to yourself changed? Oh, yeah, t- totally. Like I said, you know, I just try to give, I try to, you know, for anybody who's going to be a caregiver for their parents, it's a difficult thing. And, you know, uh, I get frustrated with them and it's, it's hard. And, and sometimes I have to give myself a little bit of grace with that. And, and I have to remind myself that they're doing the best that they can as well. And so, yeah, I, I just, I, I'm just, I'm never going to do this perfect, like I said. And, and, but what I've realized is that, and, and this goes to something else we're going to talk about. I'm done sitting on the sidelines of life. Mm. Mm-hmm. I've spent my whole, and I was thinking about this last night and I get emotional when I talk about it because it's true. I spent my whole life being afraid to fail. My whole life. And it has a lot to do with my weight and lack of self-confidence and a lot of different things. And today I'm, I go and I run 5Ks and I'm not afraid of, of not running them as fast as I'd like to. It does frustrate me, but I'm trying not to be afraid to fail anymore. And I'm trying to do things where I may not do it, where I may fail. I, I might. I, I might. And, and that's okay. But I don't want to, I, I did this and I'm doing this now and I'm continuing to do it because I don't want to be afraid anymore. Right. We're going to fail. I mean, it's just part of life. And so, look, I I mean, I I looked at it. I mean, 
if you look at it, you fail every day. You set out during the day to go and get work done and get things done. And sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah. So you really you fail every day. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And that's kind of what I'm at. It's where I'm really at today. And it's, uh, it's, it's why I'm doing the 29,029 Everesting Challenge next August. Okay. I'm so excited to talk about this. This is so awesome. You sent me the information last night and it was so great. You were like, it's okay if we don't want to. I'm like, oh my God, of course I want to talk about it. This is so, I and, and it's in my own, I say home state because Utah is my other home, even though I'm in New York right now. And in Utah, and I think some a couple other places are doing this. So mm-hmm. so people hike up a mountain in 36 hours, right? And it's to the equivalent of the height of Mount Everest, right? Twenty nine. The highest, the highest peak. Yeah. In Mount Everest. Yeah. yeah. Twenty nine thousand and twenty nine feet. Awesome. And then you take the gondola back down, so it's and then all you do it again. Uphill. Okay. And when are you doing this? Next August. Yeah, uh, I believe is when it'll be in Utah. They haven't announced it, but I'm pretty sure next August is when it's going to be in Utah. It actually happens to fall on my birthday weekend next year. So in fact, the, the last day, the Sunday morning that we leave is my birthday. But yeah, it, funny enough, you know, and I think this just pop, you know, it's funny how life is, right? We, we do all these things and, you know, I search a lot for different 5Ks and races and things and so I'm sitting, I had to take my mom to the doctor, to the emergency room, and I'm sitting in the emergency room and I'm scrolling through my Facebook and this 29,029 Everest thing pops up on my Facebook feed. And I go, hmm, what's this? And I start reading it, looking at it, and I think, okay, I, I got to do this. I, I got, I don't know why I, I felt like that, but I, I got to do this. And I think this goes back to not sitting on the sidelines and 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 getting in the game and and you know reading the stories and what if you go watch the videos and read some of the stories of some of the people about you know them finishing it and completing it and what it took it's there you have you're basically there for three and a half days okay but the clock starts at six o'clock in the morning on friday morning and you have till six o'clock in the evening on saturday to do twenty nine thousand and twenty nine feet and so basically in Utah, where they do it, it's up the mountain 13 times. So you go up, gondola down, and you do it again. And you keep doing it until you get to 29,029 feet. Now, I'm doing, I mean, I'm doing it because I want to challenge myself. This is, and they'll, they say, this is not about what kind of athlete you are or how, what kind of physical shape you're in. This is about what kind of guts you have, what kind of perseverance, mental perseverance. They say when you, because so, so you can climb at night, you, you can do it at night. You know, once it gets dark, you can keep doing it. And they say when you start doing it at night, the, the, your brain starts to talk to you. And this is where you find out whether or not you're going to have what it takes to finish. And so I know, I mean, I'm, I'm, going to try and find a trainer that can train me physically and, and get myself ready physically. But I know I can't prepare for anything like this mentally. This is going to be a mental, a mental tug of war for the whole thing. But because I've struggled with mental health and whatever, I've decided that not only am I going to go do this, but I'm going to do this to try and raise $50,000 for a nonprofit in Colorado that works in the mental health thing. And it's a very good friend of mine. She she lost a sister to a successful suicide 
three years ago and started this nonprofit and I want to help. And I know I can't save the world, but if I could save a couple of lives, man, it would make a huge difference. And, you know, we read so many stories about, and I have young kids who read a lot of stories about young people committing suicide and, and all of this stuff. And it, it just eats at me every day. It eats at a little piece of my heart every time that I read it. I always worry about my kids when it comes to that. And so I just feel like I need to do something. And I feel like this is just a great way to do it. It's a way to challenge myself personally. I, I, I know, Sarah, if you talk to me after that's over, yeah. I'm going to be a different person than I am sitting here right now today. Yeah. I just know. It's a, it's a life altering. It's a transformative experience. Yeah. And so it's just another part of the transformation. I feel like. It's awesome. Well, and you said something in particular about it. I think of also needing to look at Oh, it was in your bio on the page. So there's, we'll have it all in the show notes on my website. When you go to click on this episode, you'll be able to get Philip's information and you'll be able to actually check out more about this challenge. And specifically, if you have any, you know, and I'm just shameless plug here, if you have any desire to contribute to what Philip is up to, you'll be able to access that on the show notes of the page on the website for this. And what you wrote in there was about needing to create the next challenge, what's next for you. And I think that's so important in this process. I mean, it is no small feat to lose a hundred pounds. That's a huge accomplishment. It's a major life altering experience. And I know people who've lost it and gained it back where the initial drive of the challenge and the doing it and the success that's its own event. And then living life from that point forward is a whole, and it's different, different challenges, different, like, like what happens when we fulfill a dream? Ah, it actually can, I mean, people talk about gold medalist syndrome and when people actually have finally reached a huge goal, they never thought they could, and they don't create what's next after that can be depression, anxiety, mental illness can come creeping in. And and then there's even the shame of, oh my God, how can I face people if I've actually accomplished this and this is now, and like, then it can collapse into having to keep up looking good and keep up. I mean, it's like this whole world. (laughs) So I'm like, when I saw that this was the, the, you know, and I'm sure there'll be a whatever, and it's not like you, you know, you get to find your own balance in that conversation, right? It doesn't have to be the next bigger and better challenge every single time. That would be its own thing, right? But just what calls to you, what speaks to you. And then I particularly love the component of it's not just about you anymore. And I think that's actually really important. Like I wouldn't still be here two and a half years later into the Heal podcast without the audience that sends me messages and says, oh my gosh, I found your podcast. It's made a huge difference for me. Just listening to the episodes shifted me out of the state I was in. I've learned so much. Like, like it's, you know, this has been a labor of love and I, and I love it. And there's a part of me that just wakes up every day inside of like, whenever I touch the podcast, there's an aliveness and a, a spark that comes to me that I get to express myself in this way. And 
I, nah, the schedule and the stuff and the, and it's in addition to my workload and like the investment that I put into it and all the things like, is like, it takes something. And, and then I look at my practice being in practice for 15 years where that has, you know, and I'm actually up against my what's next. Like I've been in practice for 15 years. I've accomplished the majority of all of the things that when I first started out as a doctor, when I looked out in my future and said, oh my gosh, what would it be like to be able to travel and to do my business? Well, I've been virtual for 10 years and what would it be like to reach this? And you know, I, I've ticked off so many of those goals and it's something I've been working on with my coach right now. Totally putting myself in the line is like, I've been dealing with this. I'm up against another growth edge of what's next for me professionally, but it's also personally because as an entrepreneur, our businesses are us and we are our businesses and it's, it's all a match, right? My conversations of my own self-value, my conversations of am I big enough to do something bigger? All those things have been coming up lately and I've been looking to. I mean, I've mentioned it here on Heal that I've talked about, I'm going to start doing courses. I'm going to start doing workshops. Wait for what's coming next. <clears throat> Still at work on that transformation <laughs> for myself. <laughs> so I think it's so awesome that that was an inclination for you. And the way when we do get invested in it being, you know, and it's not about it not being about you. It's both. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it, it, it definitely is. And it's definitely just another challenge. And I do agree with you because, just, you know, making sure that I don't go back, making sure that I don't gain the weight back or do anything like that is its own challenge mm -hmm. uh, every, you know, all the time. So I, but, but I did feel like, okay, you know, I got, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking for that. Obviously this year's challenge was running five K's every month. And I knew that I was going to be looking for something in 2023. What was the new challenge going to be? I mean, maybe two in 2023. It's not just this thing that I'm doing in August. Maybe now it's going from five K's to 10 K's. Not sure yet. I do know I'm going to keep running races because I've enjoyed that aspect of it. And it, the great thing about that is, is it's a couple hours on a Saturday or a Sunday morning and then you're done, mm -hmm. you know, you're done. So it, it's, it's been great. So I do think, uh, and as I think too, as an entrepreneur, I think we're always looking for a challenge. I mean, you just said it, right? Yeah. I mean, I've known you, I've known you a, a while and I know you're going to find whatever you need to keep doing to keep growing. You're just that type of person. You since I've known you, that's just it's unavoidable. Yeah. yeah, it's it's just what you do. And, and I think whatever it is, it'll it'll be great. And, you know, I my hope is that at some point, it'll bring you to Southern California. So we can so we can see each other face to face. That's just, you know, the type, you know, I mean, you've known me a long time. Yeah. It's just that I mean, I'm a face to face type guy. So so yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I would love to keep helping people. I'm still, I'm going to get out and still post on social media and talk about my races and talk about what I'm doing. I'm going to do everything I can to go live when I'm doing this hike and it, when I'm doing this 20,029 Eversting next August and go live and do live so people can see what it's all about and see that I'm actually doing it. And I just want to keep inspiring people. I, that's just what I want to keep doing because I would love to make a dent in the weight loss industry than the money that they make. <laughs> I just would. I would love to make a dent because people spend way too much money that they just don't need to spend. Yeah. And I just want to see, I want to see people have success. Like I've had success and, and, and know that it can be done and we don't have to be unhealthy and we still can do and eat some of the things that we love. And, you know, I mean, I went for a physical in January of this year, right? And I was down like 50 or 60 pounds in great shape. Everything was good. But the doctors still thought there were things that I should change. Now, 
God bless her, right? I, I get it. And, 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 but I pretty much, it went in one ear and out the other. And I just sat there and I shook my head and said, sure, sure, sure. But in my mind, I'm going, are you crazy? Are you yeah. absolutely insane? So, you know, I, I, I just, I just want to change the narrative. I, I yeah. just, I just want it to change. I, I want people to understand that you can do this and you don't have to, and you don't have to do it crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And actually the majority of the people that I know that have put up numbers like you have, you know, and it's interesting. Sometimes some people say it's, it's easier to do hard things than it is to do medium sized things. Mm -hmm. And so I know many people who come to me, they're in the like, I need to lose 30 to 50 pounds range, right? It's not 10, it's not a hundred. And there's this place where like, there's all kinds of mental conversations around like, well, but 20 would be good, but 50 is really better. But you know, like all, and it's like, and the things that stood out to me and I am putting my butt on in this conversation, I will say I am excellent at generally taking care of my health when it comes to what I eat. I can do better, but I have a very healthy relationship to food now. And I didn't have a healthy relationship to food for a very long time. It was binge and guilt and full of shame. And I was athletic enough that I could quote, get away with it. And you wouldn't see it on the outside of me, but on the inside of me, it was a wreck, my relationship to food. And now I have a love affair with food. And sometimes I will totally eat food knowing it's, it's comfort. But it's coming from this place of like a warm blanket, a hug, curling up on the couch with a loved one kind of comfort, not feeding the demons inside of me. And that's totally a whole new relationship. And so I've said, I want to live a life where I can still drink red wine and eat chocolate ice cream. I don't want a life without those two things. Now, ironically, I'm kind of like just not interested in alcohol more and more. So that's interesting. That one's falling away. Keeping the ice cream though. And I will talk about how I can measure how I'm doing in life based on how many grilled cheese sandwiches there have been. Because that's like my barometer of I'm starting to slide. It's literally one of my metrics, but I don't make the grilled cheese wrong. I actually notice what's going on in my life. And very interesting, since I had chronic fatigue syndrome, which you and I haven't talked about, but my audience knows about. So in 2020, pandemic hits and in March, and my stress level goes up immensely because I really have a lot of care for people. And I got really worried about these 55 people on my watch, plus my family. My sister got a really, 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 really bad case of COVID. Then my mom got COVID and my system snapped under the pressure. Now, I didn't know it at the time. It took me four more months to get it diagnosed, but my immune system had gotten suppressed and a latent virus of mononucleosis, Epstein-Barr, resurged, and I was really sick for a year. Mm. And I could not do much more than four to five hours of work a day. And I was mostly on the couch. I still say it's the best thing that had happened to me in my adult life. I was never going to give up being a workaholic. I wasn't. It was too enmeshed in my identity and my sense of value. And, you know, I, I've been reading Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart. And Brene Brown is one of my favorite authors. I read pretty much everything that she puts out because I've, I'm a recovering perfectionist and I have all of these, you know, worlds inside of me that, yeah, on the outside, it shows I will accomplish all these things, but it's never enough. Like I could never publish enough books. I could never get enough degrees in that space. Right. So I get chronic fatigue and I've got to come to a clanking halt and my whole life altered inside of that. Interestingly enough, there have been many less grilled cheese sandwiches in the last year. 
as I don't push myself so hard. I stop working at 6 p.m. Even when there's still more work to do, I just Mm -hmm. work it out. Like I'm like, nope, I've had these boundaries with myself. And that was the other thing that came out. Yes, there's the physical amount of time. And and I love that you said you schedule workouts. It's part of your day. It's just a given. It's there. And you honor that schedule because some people put them on there and then they're like, oh, but this meeting came up and then off they go. No, it's a meeting just as important as all the others. But I also heard, even with your parents, there's a healthy autonomy of you say, this is what I need to do for myself. And the world outside of me doesn't get to fuck with it. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, Huge. And and, and, there, and and let me just say though that there are there are a couple of days, there are times where I felt like I needed to stay and I needed to work, and I didn't go to the gym. Yep. You know, and, and like you, I can be a workaholic. You know, it, it's all about the business. It's all about the clients because I love my clients. But um, but yeah, no, definitely. My parents know. You know, two o'clock. There are times, there's sometimes it, it was, it's funny. There are sometimes where I'm working and I haven't left for the gym yet. And my mom will call me on my phone and say, are you going to the gym today? Kind of thing. So, Good. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, they understand it. They obviously have seen the changes and the transformation and, and, you know, they, they love me. I'm their son. They want me to be healthy. They want me to be well. So yeah, they've been, they've been great about it. And yes, I'm, I'm extreme. I, I just didn't put it on my schedule. You know, but I've done that before. I've just mm-hmm. put it on my schedule and then not gone. I mean, yep. you've known me a long time. We've yeah. we've tried to work together, and yeah. I also think too that I want to say you have to be ready. Right? Yeah. You have. When I got to California, I was ready. I I, I I was ready, and I I knew I needed to change, and I knew it needed to happen, and I knew now was the time. If I wasn't going to do it now, I was never going to do it. I do think you have to be ready, but I think too is that. Yes, you have to be ready and you have to start. And then once you do, then once you start and you start to see changes, it becomes a little bit easier because now now you're excited and now it's like, oh my gosh, this is really working and this is really changing and this is really happening. And now now I want to do it. Now I want to go to the gym every day. It's, it, it, I enjoy the gym. It brings me, you know, even on days when I don't feel like going, like I'm tired or whatever, I'll go and I'll get there. And when I'm done, I'm, I think to myself, man, this this is exactly what I needed. So, And that uh, commitment, that piece is actually with my ex-husband. We used to have a agreement about, what, you know, we were both in the ski industry and he was a wildland firefighter and we spent a lot, a lot, a lot of time outdoors. And we'd always say like, oh, we're going to go fly fishing this weekend. We're going to go hike this mountain. We're going to go skiing. And it was so easy from the comfort of our own bed underneath the comfy down blankets to look up at the storm on the mountains and be like, it's going to be terrible. I don't want to go up there. Like, let's, let's just stay home. We've got yard projects. We've got whatever. So we made an agreement that we weren't allowed to cancel for weather unless we were standing there. So we had to be on site wherever the thing was. And then if it was complete shit weather, then we could cancel and go home. And we almost never did. Cause once you were actually standing there and I don't know how many powder days I would have missed. Cause it was like so much better once I was actually there and it actually wasn't as cold as we thought and like, whatever, you know, right. and in that same sort of vein, like with my clients, I'll coach them around. Even if what you do is go to the gym and get in the sauna, even if you go to the gym and you get in the whirlpool, just go like getting yourself inside the building. That's usually the hardest part. And then once you're there 
And I'm a big proponent of people listening to their bodies, listening to intuition, actually not pushing themselves beyond. Like I know people who overtrain and they actually push themselves beyond their limits and their body is screaming at them inside of that. That's a whole nother category. And the just getting yourself there and building that. And the other piece you, you didn't say so much, but it's in your speaking is routine. You said, and I created this routine and I had these routines, our body loves routine. It like thrives off of it. And you can actually get to a point. That's the whole point of habits and atomic habits and all that stuff is like to be able to get your nervous system set to the type of action that's going to produce the result you want. And then your nervous is like you said, I don't eat that salad. And my body's like, I miss it. Where did it go? I'm used to having that. Right. And it's kind of amazing what doesn't kill us. Yep. Like the human body is remarkably resilient and it will get used to what you're in. So I love that you shifted the environment. You had the people around you committed with you to support you. They became so used to the routines. They're like, mom's calling. Like, what are you doing? You're not at the gym. What's happening? And all all those pieces, that's what starts to set us up for the win. And I do hear you about the, God, what did you just say about, oh crap. Well, I know what I was going to say about it. I'll remember what the reference was. But one of the things I see that that challenges a lot of people is, to be completely honest, I think they don't make enough effort in the beginning to put up some of the results. So then they don't get that satisfaction, right? And this is where, and and I'll be honest, like I am not a weight loss guru coach. It's It's a place that I sometimes have a lot of success with people and I sometimes don't. And there's something I'm not, I reverse chronic illness. I I have myself angled in a slightly different direction than it being about weight loss. But that being said, I do work with people that will lose a lot of weight. And, and there's, there's like that you said, I'm going to do this every day that you said, I'm going to walk every day that I'm going to go to the gym every day. And the emphasis on moving and on diet. And I know that the, the results will lie in different levels. Like, and I'll be honest for men, I do notice there's this, oh, I just changed a few things in my diet and I went to the gym every day and the weight fell off. And the women that are listening to this are they're pulling their hair out right now being like, oh, yeah, through (laughs) you. There are some differences and there are some places where I also and I'm going to say this about myself so that it's it's personal. I am hardwired to take care of everyone else around me in a way that's inherent to women. It's not that men don't, they do, but there's a certain orientation that's more common either culturally or however it comes from where it'll be everybody else needs to be taken care of and I get what's left over. And if you're really trying to lose weight and if you're really trying to take this on, that literally won't work. It's not going to happen. And that that flip, and it doesn't have to be a male-female thing. I just see that more common with the women in my life. And And people who just commit, I'm going to the gym no matter what. And I have some clients that are in chronic pain and they know they have less pain when they go to the gym. They don't miss. They do not miss. They're like, there's no way I'm living in pain. It's like strong enough of a reason. And I suck at going to the gym. It is like my weakest muscle. And I've been an athlete and I've had a very active life. And until the pandemic and chronic fatigue, I didn't really have to focus on weight, on exercise. It was a natural part of my lifestyle. It's another, it's my next frontier for me. And I'm doing work on my own relationship to my body. And that's a whole nother, you know, podcast, but I'm really discovering how disconnected I am from my physical body. And that when my environment changed and I'm now in New York and I have a different set of circumstances around me here, 
it's gone the other way. When I'm in the mountains and I'm in Utah, I don't even have to think about working out because somebody's like, let's go hiking. Let's go skiing. Let's go do this. Oh, we're going to be here. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And like, it's just natural for me. The environment I'm currently in for me isn't pulling me naturally. So I've got to get some discipline involved around it. And I'm like, ah, it's, ah." it's, it's, it's interesting because when I travel, I don't travel a lot right now, but when I travel, exercise is a part of it. Yeah, you know, it's I, I still in fact, I changed the gym that I was a member of so that when I go to Colorado, I have a gym that I can work out. I can go work out right. in Colorado. Yep. yep. So it doesn't it, for me, it doesn't change. And I think even if I'm vacationing for just pleasure, it won't change. I may not go to a gym, but you can bet I'm either going to go for a run or go for a walk or do something. Yep to get in that that exercise because it is just a part of me now and so and yes i have a routine and yes it is the same every single day every single day and i laugh sometimes at myself because it is it's the same every i do the same things every day and i've noticed that that's it just works for for, It it works for me and um, it actually technically works for most bodies. It may not work for everybody's personality. And so right. then that's the challenge to work that piece out. But the people who commit to that routine and they're able to walk that path, it's highly effective. Yeah, yeah it's it's truly worked for me. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's been amazing and it's been this great journey and I know it's not over and I know that I'm going to continue to do things and, and I'm just... I'm I'm grateful to you for allowing me to come and tell my story. I mean, uh, I, I I enjoy telling my story, and I, I I hope it helps people. If people want to reach out to me, I would love for them to reach out to me because they just want to ask questions or whatever. You know, I I want yeah. to help people. Yeah. This is I mean you I mean you know that about me. I'm I'm a person that loves to help people and make a difference. And if I can make a difference for someone, that's just really what this for me. That's what this is about. Awesome. Philip, thank you so much for being here and telling your story and sharing your vibrancy and your aliveness and joy. And we will have contact information for you directly and also the link to your Everest challenge, which is awesome. And yeah, keep us posted how it's going. I will. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. Thank you to today's guest, Philip Aronoff, for sharing his passion and inspiration. For all the resources of today's show, visit sarahmarshallnd.com backslash podcast. Special thanks to our music composer, Roddy Nickpour, and our editor, Kendra Vicken. And as always, thank you for being here. We'll see you next time.